0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Daily MTG Podcast, which oddly enough occurs only every two weeks, but you know, we're we're here anyway, so we want to bring you all more Gate Crash. That's right, two weeks ago it was Mark Rosewater and us three talking about Gate Crash. In the midst of excitement, we unveiled a preview card, now the full set is out, we're all here for the first half at least. I'm here with my two co-hosts,
1: Mike Robles and Tifa Mayan. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah, I'm excited for all of the gate crash. All of the gate crash. Give all me all of the, all gate, of the crash. gate crash. I, I do. I want it. It's all so good stuff. All your gate crash are belong to us. Yeah, very true. Yes.
2: I finally get to build a Simic deck. That's I've exciting. been waiting for this for like a year, and it's it's finally here at my fingertips.
1: So you're telling me you couldn't build a Simic deck before this? Pretty sure you could have, just not with the mechanics. A lot of people will were in like. I don't think people were bored with drafting, but when you start drafting a lot of RTR, you start experimenting. I built a Boros deck one day. Somebody else uh, was trying to build, uh, Loading Ready Run actually on one of their latest streams was building a, uh, a Demir deck on an RTR draft, so. No, she does get to build a Simic deck for the first time, really. That's I mean, true. We're using yeah. actual Simic cards. And we get to with build a Boros Cimic.
2: deck. Cimic, real
0: Simic. Simic, real Simic cards, real Boros cards. Real demir cards, Mike. Demure, right? Pro- yeah, probably going cipher all the secrets. People on Twitter were saying I should have run previews with no demir
1: cards known. <laughs> and I was like, that
0: sounds great in theory. It wouldn't have worked.
1: That's true. People already—they're like, we don't get enough of this card. We don't get enough of this card. All the—you're going to—we all of the cards are there by that point. True demir fans would have appreciated it. That is very true.
0: Card demir fans would not have appreciated it. Like that the ones is, who yes. love blue black, those are the ones that would have had problems. Very very true. We all, we're excited. The set's fully known. So for the second half, we do have a special guest. We have Mark Gottlieb coming in, but unfortunately, we're going to lose Tifa. You, you have important meetings. You have to go do something like that.
2: Yeah, I have to go be responsible and important. It's not as fun as podcasting. No, just she,
1: she has to evolve from somewhat responsible adult to a responsible adult. Yeah, <laughs> it's a rough life being a grown-up and all, especially
0: when being a grown-up with n Wizards. Like, oh, I know it's the worst. Oh, actually, it's not bad. I love it.
2: <laughs> you, s- I still have meetings where I have to play Magic.
0: It's, it's horrible. It still happens. It, it, it's work. It becomes work. You slog <laughs> through it. Don't know how you do it. But we're going to be sad to not have you for the second half. We're going to be excited to have Mark Gottlieb, co-lead designer of Gatecrash, ex-rules yeah. manager, ex-author for Daily MTG with House of Cards, and still an occasional writer. We're looking forward to getting to pick his brain some, talk about Gate Crash, talk yeah. about what went into the set because, holy cow, guys, this is awesome! Such a good set. I'm
2: so excited for Evolve!
0: You're, <laughs> so you're excited for Evolve, but beyond the mechanic, what card really excites you, Tifa?
2: So, I do art selection. It's one of it's one of the first things I see in the set, and surprisingly enough, my very favorite art in the set is also on my favorite card or the card that I'm. Most excited to play, and that's Fathom Mage.
1: That was actually the one of the first cards. That we was showed. the first. That was yeah. the first card we showed. Yeah, from we Crash. Yeah, in the yeah. last podcast we mentioned like, you got your tattoo, the center tattoo, the day before that card went out, and so people were like, "Oh, that's like they thought yeah. was, they thought it was timed. They thought you did that on purpose."
2: So the card is two, a green and a blue. It's a creature, a one-one. It has a valve on it. So whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control. If that creature has greater power or toughness than this creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. And then it also has the ability, whenever a plus one, plus one counter is placed on Fathom Mage, you may draw a card.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. Now, just to clarify for you all, uh, if you have the 1-1 one, one, and then you play a 2-2, two, two, you still only get the ability once. You don't get it for each sides of the power toughness.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: But that's still an amazingly powerful and fun mechanic.
1: It seems strong, I, like, uh, the gears are already turning, I'm like, man, I'd love to splash black and use Corpse Jack Menace from Return to Ravnica. Right. So it's like, oh, I'm going to evolve, I'm going to, like, super evolve and just get bigger. There's just so yeah. many things you yeah. can do with it, it sounds awesome.
2: And there's so many things, like, I already am looking at all the different cards that are going to tie so nicely with a deck like this. Like, Elusive Crisis is an 0-4, mm-hmm. which also has evolve, but, like, the 4... Like having o four like that four is gonna trigger right. yeah like, and the zero is also like if you have that if you play that first, then that zero is gonna trigger on like so many cards
0: right. it's it's awesome because 0 o four you know triggers a one one, a two, two, a three, three yeah but a one one, a two, two and a three, three also trigger the o four right you know? yeah. so there's, there's great. this amazing synergistic thing where both sides benefit from that sort of dramatically different power toughness on those creatures.
2: I'm just I'm so excited. It's also. I love how blue and green it is. Like right. it, it really is like those two colors. It like is. the card draw, the giant creatures. Like it's everything that I love about Magic.
1: So, uh, Mike, what's what's your excitement? Uh, there's a lot of excitement, actually. From the Simic side, I do really like Experiment One, just because I mean it's a human ooze, <laughs> um, and I'm loving it. I was having fun on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and it was like, oh, we've given you human ooze, fish, crab. Like, what more do you want to see? And so we were just. The Twitter and I were just coming up with a bunch of different uh creature combinations, which are always super fun. But Lazav Demir Mastermind is probably one of the cards I'm I'm most excited about. What's he do? He's a he's a two blue, two black, he's legendary creature, shapeshifter, he's he's got a hex proof, which is always uh fun unless you're playing against it. Uh whenever a creature is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you can have Lazav Demir Mastermind become a copy of that. Except it's still, it's name is still Lazav Dimir Mastermind and it's legendary in addition to its other type. Uh, It'll also gain hexproof and this ability and he's a 3-3. So essentially if something dies, they become, Lazav can become that with all the abilities and then can copy something else later on. It's an exit the battlefield clone.
0: Like if if a creature dies, then he can clone it. He doesn't clone when he enters the battlefield. So it's this, I I love the visual that I get with this guy where he's an assassin and, and you know, he then can like he goes in the room, kills the guy, and then he walks out looking exactly like that guy. Like it, it's just a great movie and story element where you just have this visual of the, the leader of the guild is perhaps one of the greatest assassins on the plane.
2: I love that we can come up with mechanics that show that.
0: Right, it that's amazing. I, that's the beautiful yeah. thing about this. This game is such an amazing framework in which to design and develop and create these
1: stories and worlds. There's just so many, and then again, there's just so many possibilities for them, especially when you start doing a bunch of stuff. It's, it's just gonna work out so well when you have, you know, creatures that are exiting the battlefield and dying and board wipes and, and right. whatever it else is. And especially if you start ciphering stuff onto him and start using the cipher mechanic, which is really good. Just, he'll essentially become unstoppable. Right. I love
0: the art for Totally Lost. it's, the,
1: it's Oh like, my god, it's that guy's totally awesome. yes <laughs> the, the little, little thing. what's
0: it's it's what like a homunculus. It? He's, He's a little homunculus. homunculus.
2: Oh yeah. Standing
0: in the crowd, just looking up terrified. He's like, it's so I, I, sad.
2: Mike, uh, wasn't that one of your favorite arts in the set? Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. It's a blue card. The card is an instant blue called Totally Lost. Four colorless, one blue. Put target non-land permanent on top of its owner's library. And then I love the flavor text. Flavoth. That's the that's the homunculus's name. Flavoth had always hated crowds. Like he's this little tiny, shorter than people's boots in the art. He
1: looks so scared. Yes. You just want to
0: hug him. Yeah. You're like, come here, guy. Let
1: me hug you.
2: I yeah. want to hug him, but I'm afraid I'd, like, poke his eye. <laughs> yes,
1: his one eye. I'm also excited for, uh, for Trey help, help me out with the name here, because I can never pronounce it. I always just call it that guy.
0: Baborgmos Enraged.
1: You. Thank you, the Enraged, because, yes. uh, he'll fit nicely in my commander deck, which will have his brother in there as well.
0: Yes. So Baborgmos the, is the Gruul uh, guild leader from the original Ravnica block. Yep. He has returned in the return Ravnica block, but now he's enraged. He, he's even madder than he was originally. <laughs> So, it, people don't may not know this. I discovered this because it was a word of the day a couple of weeks ago for like I think Merriam-Webster or Dictionary.com. But baborgmus, b-o-r b-o-r-y-g-m-u-s, is the English word referring to that sound your stomach makes when it growls. <laughs> so we've derived baborgmus, the clan leader's name based on that note name, which is just brilliant to me. It's fun. Obviously, that word is a little complicated for
1: Gruul Clan members. It really is. I'm just going to cast them and just go, and now <laughs> I cast,
2: <laughs>
1: and then they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's probably how he pronounces his name.
2: <laughs> or you could just try to time it with, like, your stomach Right, wrong.
1: yeah, it just won't eat before a match.
0: Right. Uh, I have been working on a commander deck for alt-win conditions. Uh, yeah. Before Gatecrash, I've been working on this deck. And it's it's really rough. It's really, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to play it. <laughs> like, it's I have, like, all of these different opportunities. I have six different alt-win cards that I can pursue with the deck. So I have all these tutors, all these draw spells. And I have to carefully choose which one I think is the best one. And to be perfectly honest, I have yet to win a game with the deck because it's just <laughs> that challenging. I, I always end up feeling like I misplayed. But this deck, the the, the set Gatecrash has Biovisionary, which clearly has to go in here. Oh, of course. It's a five color deck, so Biovisionary is a creature human wizard. It's a rare card. It's one colorless a green and a blue. It's a two three, and so it says at the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures named Biovisionary, you win the game. Oh, see, so well, then you clone right Vesuvian
1: doppelganger. Or just write replication. Write replication works as yeah. well. If I'm take the easy way out, <laughs> I was going to go with. I was going to think of all the clone cards, like clone, the and doppelganger, sure. uh, Sakashima, the imposter from the Kamagawa block, which yep. she comes in as a copy. And so from there, you can just go ahead and just you know make your deck even harder to play. <laughs> <laughs> like not only do I have to survive and not use write of, of replication, I have to cast all these other clone creatures. Yep.
0: Gate crash is so exciting. It's awesome seeing the community get excited. Get Pumped! Thinking oh, they're about so excited! All these things they can do with these new cards.
2: Awesome art too. Awesome is always art. exciting.
0: Yeah. These mechanics are really some of my favorite to ever play. I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. I don't want you guys to feel like I'm a high pitch guy here. I'm just <laughs> literally this excited for Gate Crash because it's finally coming out. We've all sat on this inside the building for yeah. you know, some of us longer than others, but for a year, a little over a year since I joined the company, and I've just been so excited waiting for this set to finally come out. So. It's,
1: I mean, it's a good set, and then you meet people that were – they're excited about Ravnica, and they're like, oh, man, is amazing. Oh, my favorite guild's not in here, but I'm still having a blast. Right. And then you're like, all right, well, now – you get to that moment where you get to tell them, all right, your favorite guild's not here. You're going to be really excited when they show up in the, right. next, in the next the next set. Right. And they show they see them, and they're like, you were completely right. This yeah. looks, looks amazing. I have to call out also the awesome
0: naming. Like, we we mentioned Borg most. We mentioned Biovisionary, yeah. all these other sort of names. I have to say Merciless Eviction is just one of my favorite card names also. It's a it's a sorcery, four colorless WB. So it's a six mana casting cost sorcery. It's a rare card and it goes choose one: exile all artifacts or exile all creatures or exile all enchantments or exile all planeswalkers.
3: Whoa.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we finally got a board wipe for Planeswalkers. Yeah.
0: Uh-oh. As a Commander player, I'm very excited for this. And it's just the art, again, Tifa, the art is awesome on this.
2: I, I mean- agree, yeah.
0: I am super excited to build a Zagana deck. Going back oh, to, to Simic, oh, I'm man, am super yeah. excited to build a Zagana.
1: You know, the is looking really strong. Everyone's going to dip into your colors, Tifa. Like That's... The Simic is looking really strong and really good. I mean, the, the entire set, everyone's looking really, really good. Well, the when Simic they see looks... my
2: tattoo, they'll know. Right? They'll
1: know. they know to, to steal all the cards. <laughs> but yeah, Prime Speaker Zagana
0: just... It looks amazing. Yeah, so Prime Speaker Zagana is six mana, two colorless, two green, two blue, legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. Again, the guild leader for the the new Simic in this Return to Ravnica block. And it's a 1-1, one, one, and it says, Prime Speaker Zagana enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. When Prime Speaker Zagana enters its battlefield, draw cards equal to its power. Man. So for six mana... If you say you have, I don't know, Thrag Tusk from Forset, <laughs> just call it out there. Right, yeah. You can draw five cards. Well, this has been awesome. We're all super excited for Gate Crash. Uh, the time has come that we need to wrap up here, and we'll yep. be right back without Tifa, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to talk to everyone about my Simic deck and how it does.
0: And we'll be right back with Mark Gottlieb. <laughs> all right, folks, we are back in the booth. Unfortunately, we have lost Tifa. She got called to her real job. Got to, got to make the money, make the cards.
1: Wait, you saying like real job? Like I tweet? That's that's my real job. That's your real job. That's her my real, real job, job is
0: not podcasting, unfortunately. So I, I was can. lied to. Remain calm. <laughs> Don't get too excited. But we have Mr. Orzov, Mark Gottlieb, in the booth.
3: <laughs> Hello, it's nice to be here on the morning zoo. <laughs> morning. <laughs> uh,
0: we're not quite that bad, but okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, you are here, sir, because A, you're awesome. Thank you. And B, because you were co-lead designer of Gate Crash.
3: Once I ousted Rosewater and uh, wrested control of the set from him, yes. Yes, that's
0: right. You, you're, you're famed arch-nemesis. You two have the, the, <laughs> the epic battles going back for many years. You have finally defeated Mark, the other Mark, in uh, taking over a set. How's that feel? Uh,
3: keep your friends close and keep your enemies uh, in a cage. I think that's how <laughs> it goes.
0: Fair enough. Uh, you have been here for several years. I mean, when, you joined Wizards in... 2000. 2000. And uh, you've done interesting... You've had a couple of jobs. You came... You know, We were talking about this before we started recording. You, you came in as an editor originally.
3: I was. I was a uh, technical editor. My first... The first set that I worked on was Apocalypse.
0: And... You are a puzzle fiend, which plays into your contributions to magic.
3: I agree. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I'm a, I'm a published puzzle author. Um, I've had crossword puzzles in the New York Times. Uh, I've been published in Games Magazine, Wired Technology Review. That's awesome.
0: I, I am quite jealous. Like I, I have rediscovered in the last couple of weeks how much I enjoy doing crosswords and uh, I am quite jealous of the ability to Ability to make crosswords.
1: Crosswords are fun. Uh, there was, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I was in a show once, and a bunch of us, every day for rehearsal, would do a crossword puzzle. And then, of course, like, the the harder it got, obviously, the New York Times, they get harder as the week goes on. And so it would take everyone in the cast and crew to figure out the Sunday one, because by right. then, forget it. We're all, we're all brain fried. Crosswords are fun. I love crosswords. Yeah.
3: But uh, the Sunday one, that was a tough uh, 15 minutes, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so that's, that's about what they take. That's a 15- <laughs> 15, 18 minutes. 15 like minutes, yeah. a couple hours yeah. shows, you know. You know. Yeah. 15 minutes per clue, right? Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Practice makes perfect. I, I,
0: I, I can do weekdays in roughly 30, maybe 35, and a Sunday will take me probably an hour. That's, that's about my times right now. Uh,
3: I solved them using – I solved the online New York Times puzzle. So uh, it's a computer interface, and the fastest Monday time I've achieved was just a couple of weeks ago. It was 3 minutes, 35 seconds. Jeez. Wow. That's impressive.
0: Uh, yeah, you're clearly much smarter than me. I, I hope I can keep up. At on this. puzzles, just at puzzles. Okay, well, fair. <laughs> let's fair, let's limit puzzles. it to my niche skill set. So you came into Wizards as an editor, bringing this puzzle mentality and the, the attention to detail, and then you uh, later progressed into uh, rules managing. Originally, though, not for Magic, you started with Duel Masters.
3: That's right. I was I was asked to be the rules manager for Duel Masters, a card game that was sold at the time it was sold only in Japan. It was a lot trickier than expected. Right. So they needed a rules manager for it. And then from there, you, you
0: worked your way into Magic, uh, designing cards, and then taking over rules managing for Magic for a while, pushing Rosewater out of the way, <laughs> keeping Rosewater in check.
3: Well, you know, either way, clearly keeping <laughs> Rosewater in a cage, as, <laughs> as, as, as expressed. Right. Uh, yeah the uh, the long con is playing out exactly <laughs> exactly as planned.
0: All plans come to fruition, especially when they're created by a puzzle master such as yourself. Now, your first set was what? Apocalypse, right, right around there. The
3: the uh, first set that I worked on in any way uh, was was Apocalypse. Yeah, and
0: now you're at Gate Crash, that's a that's a good chunk of time in Magic history.
3: As long as the sets have uh, white, black, gold cards in them, I'm a happy guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, like we've are, we've in past episodes already identified. I'm a, at heart a Boros Celestia. Mike's a, is it Demir? Uh, Tifa, who's not here, is a Simic. Uh, Simic Celestia, sort of. Mostly yeah. Simic, though. Mostly Simic. And, and you are just a straight up Orzov. Uh, uh,
3: self-identified. It, it, it totally depends on which aspect of my fragmented psyche comes to the fore <laughs> that day. Like, when, when I was the rules manager, I was very, very Azorius. In the historic decks that, that I've built, my favorite color combination is green-black. Not to say that I'm specifically uh, Golgari, but green-black was always my favorite color combination. But in terms of ethos, these days I'm, I'm feeling very Orzov.
0: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, it's good to get variety here on the episodes. We, we don't want to all be, you know, clumping over each other in guilds, so it's good to have the variety.
1: He's also making sure that we pay him so he can actually right. speak on the podcast. He's you're, like, I won't tell the secrets unless you pay me in true or fashion.
3: And let's not forget worship. And the worship.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why you're here in the robes. I was, I was really confused when you <laughs> walked in. Obviously, as we've discussed with other people, when you design, you design for all cards. But we, we discussed earlier in this episode our favorite cards. What's your favorite card? What card do you most identify with in, uh, in Gate Crash? I know it's, it's like picking your favorite children, but I'm going to keep you on the hook here.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was I was prepped for this question. I'm like, uh, so the the card I've chosen to go with is uh, High Priest of Penance. It's a uh, card I designed. One of the one of the cards I designed for the set. But um, just on its surface, in in any regular situation, it's this innocuous little card that. Uh, has a nice little revenge retribution aspect to it. Like it'll, it'll block something, it'll kill something, anything. So it's like super, super, super death touch. Mm-hmm. But you can build a little combo around it. You can, uh, you can pump up its toughness, uh, you can start pinging it. Cause it doesn't matter where the damage comes from. You can inflict that damage on it uh, yourself and then it can start picking off any permanent at the table. Right. So curious to see what kind of, uh, ridiculously fragile, uh, horrible but effective uh, commander decks that will, <laughs> it will pop up. Right, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, awesome. It's the kind of contraption decks that that I like to build and look look really scary and make people kill me, but don't actually work.
1: Right, <laughs> but they're so satisfying to build.
3: Oh yeah, they're they're super fun.
1: To me, commander is a, a puzzle. Like I have, I have my commander. How can I fit the rest of the pieces to right. fit this commander, or right. where can right. I find the pieces to fit this commander? And that's yeah. like high priest of penance would definitely be fun in working building around that card and commander.
0: So this gate crash wasn't your first lead. You, you've led, you led Mirrodin Mer- besieged previously, correct? Right. That's right. Uh, how did you enjoy working? I mean, the co-lead thing was unusual. How did you enjoy working on gate crash?
3: I loved working on gate crash. Um, and, yeah, it was a, um, to this point, pretty, pretty unique, uh, scenario, uh, for Rosewater starting the set and then, uh, handing it off to me when, when he, uh, had to turn his attention to leading all the other bazillion sets that, that he leads. But I was already on the team, so I was, uh, I had already made a bunch of, of Gate Crash cards. I was deeply invested in the set already, but, uh, like, I, I love the original Ravnica block. It was, it's my favorite block. It was the first block that I got to work on in terms of both design and development. Dissension was my first design team. The original Ravnica was my first development team. Okay. So I definitely wanted to to be involved in Gatecrash.
0: Now we had you write an article for Daily MTG uh, talking about working on the set, and one of the the theme, one of the things you brought up was actually uh, the urban theme yes. in, in Return to Ravnica and how you contributed to and helped drive the. Necessity for you know representing a large city in cards. Uh, let's talk about some of the interesting cards that came out of that process.
3: You know, uh, one that jumps out at me
0: was the turn oh debtor's Pul- Pul- pulpit, yeah. debtor's yeah. pulpit.
3: Yeah. Uh, so the work on the city-themed flavor, uh, it started with a small team that I ran to uh, supplement the Return to Ravnica design. So it was a little Strike Force team. In that the original Ravnica did an awesome, awesome job at conveying guild theme, but maybe didn't take a, enough advantage of the unique urban environment where you don't, you don't see a lot of fantasy set and certainly you don't see magic uh, sets set in a city. So, this go-around, we wanted to make sure we took more advantage of that and, and really put you, gave you a sense of place, put you on, on a card level, like put you in a city, and, and see what, what does that mean? What kind of cards would that, would that create? Um, so, that team came up with a number of pretty awesome cards for Return to Ravnica, and then that, uh, that kind of impetus, like, then progressed along. So, Dedra's Pulpit was a, uh, a card that didn't come out of that strike force specifically but came out of me now being obsessed with city <laughs> <cards, city-themed laughs> themed cards city themed cards city themed cards and other other people around R&D as well uh, Doug Beyer on the creative team had come up with a long list of potential card names that were city themes so things that designers could take and build a top down design a top down card design around uh, this this flavorful name this concept that he had come up with mm-hmm. so I picked one of those Called Street Festival and made an Enora with Enchantland on it that you you put on you put on your mountain. Now this mountain has a Street Festival on it, and it was something that would distract an opposing creature. So it does exactly what Debtor's Pulpit does. It uh, you tap the land to uh, tap a, a creature for a turn. So it's it's lost in the street festival, riding the rides and uh, <laughs> eating a pretzel and <laughs> getting a balloon. And it doesn't care about attacking or blocking. It's it's totally distracted. And then that eventually, when that got back around to the to the creative team to to actually make the name and, and art for it, they, they needed something a little more uh, Orzov themed uh, to fit into the set, so it, it turned into kind of an oppressive Orzov card mm-hmm. instead.
0: Well, you're clearly going to be distracted when you're making worship at the, the Church of Orzhov. I mean... You can't be
1: multitasking while you do that.
3: Wait, what? I wasn't paying attention.
1: <laughs> Sky Games? Sky Games is an awesome one.
3: Sky Games has a similar story. So another angle that, uh, where the members of R&D tried to really hammer out some, some awesome flavor, uh, city-themed flavor concepts for the Return to of block. We had a meeting in which all, all of us got together and just brainstormed up on the board, um, Things that could appear in a city, things that would appear in the city, things that would appear in this particular city. One of the topics we hit on uh, that was very interesting was that of transportation. You're mm-hmm. in this giant city. How do you get around? And this this isn't something we cover on magic cards very often. So I made this uh, this card, this um, blue aura, that gave something flying temporarily based on the concept of an aerodrome. Oh, okay. uh, and that was, that was its playtest name, aerodrome. And so you would... You would have a creature go to the aerodrome and it would fly you somewhere and, um, and that's how you would get around. Uh, that's not how it ended up, uh, obviously, but another thing that we, uh, was brainstormed up in that same meeting, uh, was the idea of sports. Sports is something that, you know, if you live in a city. There's there's some kind of recreation. There there are you know what kind of sports would there be in Ravnica?
0: Right.
3: Um, and we don't see sports on Magic cards very much. We've had some pit fighting, um, <laughs> but we've had a goblin game, but nah, not not that much in, in terms of that. So when the creative team got their hands on this card, they changed it from a transportation themed card to a sports themed card. Mm-hmm.
0: One of the one other ones that jumps out at me is actually a red card. It's five alarm, alarm fire. Yes, so that, that's a fun urban theme. <laughs> like, yeah,
3: and uh, Chicago
0: burned down because of fires. We can't have that on Ravnica, so they clearly have to be able to respond to it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that also came from Doug Byers' list. He had uh, it was it wasn't exactly this name. It was something like multiple alarm fire, something mm-hmm. something very close to that. I mean, for uh, as the lead of a of a set, will often do. I was putting in you know late nights, and I like to work in the evenings anyway. But I was just I recall uh, sitting at my desk in the evening. Uh, no one else was around. It was dark, and I was just you know, like futzing with the file and uh, looking at looking at Doug's list. And uh, we had a we had a hole for a red rare, so uh, fire card seemed seemed pretty awesome. I changed it to five alarm fire and and made something that cared about fives. But yeah, let's let's burn the city down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we talk about a lot of how you know it's a very urban theme, the very city esque. I mean, even the artwork. I was going to mention like five alarm fire, uh, legion loyalist. Like a lot of the cards. I mean, lost in the city. City. right like there's so many cards that you just feel like you were down there in the city no matter what uh, yeah. corpse corpse blockade is another card where it's just all of the cards all, a lot of the artwork in addition to the auras in addition to the flavor it just makes you feel like you were just smack in the middle of the city and it's it's a really well done from from a flavor standpoint and the, yeah. the design of everything i i completely agree it's it's phenomenal Totally lost, not lost in the city. wrong
3: <laughs> uh, one. Yeah, totally lost. The playtest name for that was Get Lost. <laughs> it has two meanings, kids. Two meanings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, I have to ask. Maybe you have a story about this one. The Spark Trooper. Being a Boros, this one jumped out at me. Oh, uh, oh, I wanted yeah. to call this out. Uh, it's, it's ball lightning, basically, right?
3: Uh, it, it basically is um, this... Um, This was a card that I uh, made and submitted uh, before I was the... Uh, before I was the design lead of the set. So this was actually v- you know, put in the file very, very early. Mm-hmm. And the uh, initial playtest name for this card was Balm Lightning. Uh, so it was Ball Lightning, but with a white component, but with lifelink. So it felt very Boros to me of that it's explosive and destructive, but also helpful at the same time. But uh, I, I think it was the pun in the name that really sold it to Rosewater and got him to put it in the set.
0: I, I, I eagerly await opening and playing that in, in limited. Looks frightening. <laughs> Twelve point life swing. I, I, I'll, I'll deal with that. Ugh. How how do you play Magic? Like what? Are, what's your main way of playing? Are you a, a drafter outside of R and D's play testing? How do you enjoy the game?
3: My my three primary ways. Uh, so I am a drafter. Um, most enjoy most experience the uh, the game in that aspect. So I like to draft. Uh, I am a commander player. Uh, my favorite personal commander deck that I'm running right now is, is in fact an Orzov deck, so it's led by Ghost Council of, of Orzova. <laughs> uh, and, uh, a number of years ago, this was actually kind of research prep, uh, for when I was on the design teams of both, uh, Conflux and especially Alara Reborn, um, which was a, a set that I had pitched for a number of years that never got any traction until I believe Bill Rose then Pitched it himself, um, <laughs> of all gold and all multicolored uh, set. But in kind of research prep for that, I built a very casual, very multicolored cube. So it's not—it's not a power cube. It doesn't have. It doesn't you can't draft white weenie in it. You can't. Uh, it has no. Uh, it has no power nine in it. It has no like classic combos of. Um, of of famous constructed decks in it it's just uh very casual very timmy balmy gigantic ridiculous things in it and uh it's highly multicolored so partially it was uh practice for how do you design a multicolored set how much Mm -hmm. mana fixing do you put in there what's what let let me just try to create and craft a a format that uh that does this and and partially it was just like just for super fun because it's it's awesome to play with at the time, around R and D, uh, various people were making various kinds of flavored cubes, and mm-hmm. uh, and people were Winston drafting, which is a, a two-player draft format, a lot. And and I recall, around that time, uh, Dave Guskin played in played in a number of these, and he would always, always, always go uh, five color, whether it was advisable or not, uh, <laughs> in in a Winston draft, in a in a, in a two-player draft. So uh, so I kind of built this with with him in mind, of like, well, i <laughs> This, now five, drafting five color is the right thing to do. Like, grab your mana fixing and, and grab your multicolored, uh, bombs and, and go to town. Mm-hmm. So, that picked up the moniker, the Got Cube. And, it, <laughs> uh, uh, it's been mined over the years as I pull cards out of it to put in my commander decks, but I'll, I'll still trot it out every now and then. It's super fun.
0: That sounds like a fun cube. That's awesome. So is cube the third way you play? The first was draft, second was uh, commander. And, was and the, the
3: third is the got cube. God cube. The okay. got cube, okay. That's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted
0: to double check. I thought that's yeah. what it was. but uh, We really appreciate you taking time, coming to talk with us about some of the commander cards, some of the stories from behind the scenes. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? Any other stories that we might have missed?
3: So, so many stories. So <laughs>
0: We don't, so we don't have time. We don't have time for them all. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you're, you're not on Twitter anymore at all, and you, you, you're not writing anymore. But,
3: uh, I, uh, I'm a recluse. I, uh, I take my cues from J.D. Salinger. Uh, so <laughs>
0: yes, read go. a book, kids. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, to wrap up, let's, let's uh, give our quick Twitter wrap-ups. Uh, Jennifer, who's not here, Tifa, her Twitter name is at Tifa Mayan. I am at Michael Robles. I'm at TrickMTG. And new, starting this week, you can now email us if you have questions or feedback you want to share, if you have ideas for future episodes, shoot us an email, at dailymtgcast at wizards.com. What was that again, Trick? Dailymtgcast at wizards.com. Got it.
3: Cast, it has two meanings.
0: <laughs> it's like a magic term. Hmm. In any case, we will be back in two weeks with another episode of the Daily MTG Podcast.